Creating an idea for an animated show must be so easy. Oh, Hef, you know nothing about it. No, really, I'll show you. It could be about, uh, mm, deli meats. Hello, Mr. Baloney. <gasps> Look out for Mr. Butcher Life. Oh, no, get away from me. Ah! <laughs> hey, Home Slice. Hef, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. An idea like that would get Ralph kicked out of his contract. What was that? I said that an idea like that would get you kicked out of your contract. I think you've got your finger on the pulse of America. I do? How would you and your little friends like to help me create my new show? Hmm? Really? We could help? Excuse me, Eden, son. Are you crazy? Asking those idiots to help? They'll ruin it! Exactly, Dad. If I let them do my new show, it can't help but be a failure. They'll have to let me out of my contract, and then I'll be free. Nick, 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 Nick. Nickelodeon. Nick, 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 Nick. Nickelodeon. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. I'm Andrew. I am the cheese. I am the best character in the show. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm Brett. Nice. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. That's great, Brett. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I thought of it all day. I was waiting <laughs> From the moment you woke. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, this is episode 169. We're talking Wacky Deli. Uh, Rocco's Modern Life, of course. Yep. Yeah, um, a fabled episode, kind of, of Nickelodeon, I think. Almost legendary with the amount of status yeah. status it's uh, escalated to, you know, due to the internet over the past decade or so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we talked about our favorite Rocco Modern Lives last week, and um, I had this ranked. Well, if you didn't listen to last week and you don't want to know, I guess, like, skip over 30 seconds here. But I had it ranked uh, second, and then you and Bup had it ranked first. Um, yeah. And it just kind of struck us that why haven't we talked about this episode? <laughs> yeah. um, so I think, you know, 169 episodes in, it's it's time. Yeah, yep, yeah. I think so. <laughs> Way past. Way past, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get into it, um, Brett... We thought maybe it would be a good idea to have you on this episode as you are an artist, and this episode is pretty art-centric. Uh, you know, I, I would say the art on it is not quite uh, to your level, but that's part of the time. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would uh, like to think that my skills have developed a little bit past, uh, you know, Rocco, Colbert, and Heifers. <laughs> <laughs> You're just right above Heifer, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, and you you had mentioned that this episode kind of meant a lot to you. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about you know just before we get into the episode uh, about Wacky Deli? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I mean, I know I know I'm mostly known for like being an illustrator uh, on Instagram and you know on the internet and stuff. But um, I actually have a, a history of being an animator. So you know, whenever when I was you know a young kid. I, I love cartoons growing up. It didn't matter what form they took, whether it was like cartoon shows or comic strips in the Sunday funny papers or, you know, anywhere else I can find it, even in books, you know, stuff like that. And, um, you know, at, at a certain point in my life, 
of consuming all these cartoons growing up, especially 90s Nickelodeon, like Cartoon Network, I, I thought to myself, what if I can do this for a living when I get older? You know, the, the typical person wants to be like an astronaut or, you know, Bill Bridges, <laughs> but yeah. I, I want to make people laugh. Um, and that's that's where it kind of started. You know, the curiosity snowball as it got bigger and bigger over the years. Um, you know, I, I drew I started drawing from a very young age, around age three by making my own books uh, and then my own comic strips and comic books that I would share with friends in elementary school. And because I got a lot of positive response from that, I just kind of kept exploring it further and further in different ways. And I never really stopped since then. And I've been like drawing for around 29 years now since age three. So uh, it's it's pretty much a very fabric of my being in that sense. And I'm I'm happy to have it be that way for my life. Like I wouldn't see myself doing anything else in my life because of my connection to it. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Thank um, you. Now when, when, uh, did you, did you experience wacky deli as a kid? Like, did you, do you remember seeing it then or did you experience it later? Oh, I experienced it like right as it came out. Cause I was a huge Rocco fan from the very first episode. Like I remember this announcement back in like August of 93 when there was like a back-to-back commercial of Rocco and Legends of the Hidden Temple. And I was just the most giddiest kid ever. I just immediately ran out of my room screaming, this is so cool. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I always stay tuned for like every new episode. As soon as they come up, uh, I would check like TV guide, pencil it in, in my homework agenda. You know, I recorded on my VHS player, stuff like that. It was I was there right from the very moment it aired and it was, it was weird, but special, even if I didn't understand all the like uh, satire references that are made in the, in the episode. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Well, uh, this, this episode uh, aired, let's see, uh, Sunday, January 21st, 1996, uh, which means it's season three, episode 10. Uh, and we have not mm-hmm. talked about um, January of 1996. So do you guys want to know a little bit about that month in history? You bet. All right. Um, well, I, I really like this fact to get it going. Um, after 27 years, Betty Rubble finally debuts as a Flintstone vitamin. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> wonder why she didn't hurt that all, after all this time. Did you – did you uh, – you know, I'll say right up front, I loved Fl- Flintstone vitamins. Did you guys like them? Oh, yeah. They they were like more fruitier than the other, you know, pill chalky style brand of vitamins at the time. Yeah. I feel like sometimes I'd almost sneak them. I, I yeah, know. like candy. Yeah. <laughs> now that you say that, I did that too. I was like, oh, I got to get all the Fred ones for myself. <laughs> um, yeah. Man, I ha- I definitely had them, but I didn't like enjoy them like that like i thought they looked cool but i didn't enjoy eating them really yeah <laughs> kind of on your, uh, your taste for vitamins <laughs> they, they were fruity but not like the most amazing thing ever yeah yeah they're they're a little chalky i in retrospect i wish i knew what i was eating because it seems pretty dangerous that i didn't know <laughs> speaking of uh, vitamins that actually reminds me of a rocco episode where spunky gets one caught in his ear and i think that that fat heads vitamin is a direct reference to the flint. Oh, vitamins. oh, yeah. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very cool. Uh, well also in January of 1996, we, for the first time in 25 years, nobody is elected to the baseball hall of fame. 
oh, wow. uh, which is pretty weird. Uh, the Golden Globes are that month. Uh, the big winners that year were uh, the movie Sense and Sensibility, which I've never seen. Uh, Nicolas Cage wins a Golden Globe, and Sharon Stone wins a Golden Globe. Um, the the first version of Java programming uh, is released, or, or uh, Java, Java programming language is released. Uh, and the 30th Super Bowl is played that month in uh, Arizona. It's the Cowboys uh, versus the Steelers, and the Cowboys win 27 to 17. Uh, so a Cowboys hmm. Super Bowl win. Uh, TV shows that month, uh, a show that I think, Andrew, Andrew, I know you and I like it, um, uh, the show Third Rock from the Sun premieres. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Moesha uh, also premieres in January of 1996. Uh, Tracy Takes On, which was an HBO show, um, and The Louie Show um, on CBS, which was a Louis Armstrong show. Is that like uh, the uh, Life of Louis cartoon that came out around that time, too? Yeah, I think he had done that maybe a year or two prior, and then this was like his live-action sitcom. Okay. M- oh, more. I, I was never aware of that. I always tuned into the cartoon on Fox Kids. Yes. Yeah, same. I don't think I don't remember ever watching the Louie show. Do you, Andrew? No, I don't remember okay. it at all. Okay. Um, but uh, just to note, you, I think you said Armstrong, but it's Louie Anderson. Oh, yeah, Louis <laughs> thank you. Yeah. You're, you're thinking of uh, the jazz trumpet. If there's player. any confusion, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? You guys didn't catch Louis Armstrong's CBS show where he just where he just wails? <laughs> yeah, that's not for thirty minutes in a sitcom family. <laughs> just thirty minutes of improv trumpeting. Um, yeah. uh, one show that does on that month is Global Guts on Nickelodeon. Oh, oh nice. Man. Yeah. Um, so that's a little about t- a little bit about TV music uh, for the whole month and for all of February and all of March. And I, I know we've talked about this song before. Uh, one Sweet Day by Mariah Carey is the number one mm. single that whole month. <laughs> uh, other albums to come out that month. Uh, we have an album from NoFX, LFO, Bouncing Souls, Mr. Big, Tori Amos, and Yoko Ono. Quite an assortment there. Yeah, for sure. Um, number one movies in January of 1996. We got three number one movies that month for two weeks. Twelve Monkeys. I've never seen that. Mm. Really? Is that with Brendan Fraser or is that Monkey's Business or? Uh, that was Monkey Bone. <laughs> Monkey <laughs> Bone. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I remember Twelve Monkeys though. Yeah. Is that Sorry. Morgan Freeman? Uh, what is that? It's um, Brad Pitt and uh, Bruce Willis. It's a Terry Gilliam uh, thing, oh, okay. like he, it's a kind of like a time travel um, dystopian kind of thing. It's very good. Oh, okay, yeah, that does sound kind of cool. Check that out. Um, so that was number one for two weeks. Uh, for one week from dusk till dawn. Oh, great! Love it. Yeah, I remember watching that with you, Andrew. Probably not. Oh. It, probably <laughs> not in. I, I mean, at your house. Probably not in '96, yeah, yeah. but at some point. Um, and one movie I did see in the movie theater, Mr. Holland's Opus. Oh, yeah. The Richard Dreyfuss joint. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I remember watching that in band class, because wasn't it about, like, this uh, band teacher who was trying to perform a very impressive song or something? Yeah, for his, um, deaf son, I believe. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, that must have been, that must have been such a jackpot for band teachers, 
Finally. It, it really was. Except I think Mr. Opus was kind of a jerk, if I remember incorrectly. How, you mean Mr. Holland? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Holland. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, he did seem uh, kind of like a jerk, yeah. Yeah. But but everybody stand up and clapped for him at the end. So he must have yeah. been, you know, he must have left a big impact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, other movies to come out that month: Biodome, the Polly Shore movie. Oh. Boy. <laughs> Love it. Uh, that is one I actually would like to revisit because I do remember liking it as a kid. But I bet you it's probably pretty weird to revisit. Yeah. Uh, I still think it's pretty great. Oh yeah. I've seen it recently on HBO and. Uh, it's just like it's got that like great '90s like totally insane story that um, like somehow through the magic of their comedy they like make it work. Hmm. Okay. I'll have to revisit that too. <laughs> yeah, great. Ones. Uh, we got we also got "Don't Be a Menace" to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Mm. Another movie I know I watched at your house. That's a long really. Cold. Oh yeah, that was a that was I that I don't think we watched on purpose. I think we were having a sleepover and it was like on TV and we just decided Channel to leave it on. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> memories of doing that too. Uh, we got Dunstan checks in. Oh, that's Man. a great movie. <laughs> silly, silly movie. Yeah. Um, we got Lawnmower Man Two Beyond Cyberspace. <laughs> And a movie, a movie that I feel like I rented a lot, and I have no idea why, uh, is Big Bully uh, with Rick Moranis and Tom Arnold. Yeah, I remember seeing that a lot too. And like Tom Arnold picks on Rick Moranis as like an adult, and he has a lot of PSD flash, PS was it, manic stress disorder. Yeah. And something that only stuck with me uh, from that movie is like a scene where he's chasing them down their old high school hall at night. And then there's like something to do with an overdue library book that has like a $18 or some ridiculous fine to it. Yeah. It, I mean, it's um, so weird because it seemed like it was geared towards kids, but it's about two adults who hate each other. <laughs> like a dark edge to it that you wouldn't expect upon first glance. Yeah. Uh, I definitely remember you loving that Joey uh, <laughs> at okay. that age. Like I, I never saw it, but yeah, that was weird. I I think I think I just had a thing for like certain people that I really I still kind of do this where I really <laughs> latch on to someone or something, and, and I think like at that work. what's that? Like follow their work for a while, so like all yeah. Rick Moranis movies and such. Exactly. Yeah, I get really <laughs> stuck on certain things. So I must have been going through a Moranis phase. It must have been Rick Moranis. <laughs> Because I don't think I had a Tom Arnold face. <laughs> I was, as, as as you know, I was not a Stupids fan, so it couldn't have been Tom Arnold. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and video games that month, uh, we have the game Guardian Heroes for Saturn. Um, we have Duke Nukem 3D. Oh, that's yeah. And we have Mega Man 3X for Super Nintendo. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so yeah. that's a little bit about January of 1996. Uh, do you want to talk about Wacky Deli? Do yeah, I. let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all geared and ready to go. <laughs> so over at Big Head Studios, Ralph Big Head and some executives are watching the very last episode of The Fat Heads. 
the executives congratulate Ralph on another great episode, but he's just happy to finally be done with the show so that he can create something of real meaning. But when Ralph turns the episode into the heads of the studio and tries to leave, they inform him that his contract stipulates that he owes them a pilot episode for another show. Here it is, the final episode of The Fatheads. Oh, gimme, gimme, gimme! And where do you think you're going? Huh? You, you owe us, us a pilot, pilot for another, another show. show! What? Just check your contract. You'll see we get one more show before we let you go. But, but... Have your new show on our desk by next Monday. Got it? Later, the big heads are busy preparing a party for Rocco's homecoming. As huge fans of the Fatheads, Rocco, Heifer, and Filbert were invited to watch the series finale. But when Ralph shows up depressed, he explains that he doesn't want to make another show. He wants to pursue his dream of sculpting the world's largest still life. <laughs> I, I feel for Ralph here. That's not I, I'm just yeah. going to see that. And you'll probably hear me say a lot about the commentary of an animator slash artist's life. Um, yeah. and all the ins and outs behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, kind of being painted into this corner of probably something you liked doing for a while, but uh, want to branch out beyond. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's it's almost like to the point where, you know, you start out with something fresh and amazing and it catches on in mainstream. And then because it lasts for so long, it kind of gets stale almost to the point of becoming a zombie and you just want to divorce yourself from it to be free to do other things and you know, maybe I, I shouldn't uh, make any punches towards other shows, but there's a certain show that came after this that's still on the air that really should not be going on now because it's a little bit too long. And it has people who worked on Rocco's Modern Life work on it. So there's your hint, listeners. <laughs> Does it uh, rhyme with Runge Rob? Runge Bob? Maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll leave it at that yeah um i will say i do love in this scene i just love this concept of the big heads having a party and the other three people invited are rocco filbert heifer (laughs) and i love that they're yeah i love that they're wearing the fat heads gear and rocco's got the parking meter Um, oh that's lovely yeah it's, it's uh it's just kind of a this whole sequence which uh we started the episode with uh it's just a very kind of fun sequence where uh, Ralph hatches his plan. Yeah. Um, Ralph doesn't even know what the new show is going to be about, but Heifer suggests making it about deli meats. <laughs> Filbert says that, that his idea is so bad it would get Ralph kicked out of his contract, and Ralph immediately asks them to help him create his new show. In spite of the task requiring work and experience, which they don't have, they eagerly agree to help. Over in Hollywood, at the studio, Ralph gives them a meager budget and a large instruction manual on how to make a cartoon. Their first task is to design the characters. <laughs> Step one, design the characters. Okay, here's my character. His name is Salami. Get it? Salami, Salami! This is Betty Baloney. She's a girl. Okay, this cute little guy I call Lester Roquefort. Let me see. Wow, that looks terrific, Philb. Yeah, this is great. Uh, Can I make one little change? Well, sure. 
I think it should be more like this. And we could just call him Mr. Cheese. Now we need to write the show. <laughs> I love this moment. I love it so I, much. Yeah. I love it's this a, whole scene. Yeah, it's it's like a, a clash between fine art versus cartoon art and just seeing Filbert take pride in saying, and here's Lester Rookfort, and then Heffer just blatantly erase over his work. It's like, yeah. oh, I feel I feel for the frustration, but also at the same time, you know, that's more palatable than like a finely rendered slice of cheese. <laughs> yeah. That's the crazy part. It's like it is better looking, but for this particular project, it's like totally inappropriate. Yeah. Totally. Um, the next step is writing the show, but as Rocco runs down the story for the first episode, they end up fighting over every detail. Okay, let's see what we've got so far. You seen Robo Frog 5 yet? Yeah, it's okay. Okay, we open up the show in the morning. Betty Baloney wakes up in a deli, okay? Then she says, Ooh, what a beautiful day! The doorbell rings, and she goes to the telephone. Excuse me? Telephone! The telephone rings! It's much funnier that way, don't you think? Oh, yes. Definitely much funnier. Oh, yeah, yeah, make it a telephone, because telephones are funny! Cartoons are fun! Telephone. Okay, so the telephone rings, and it's Mr. Cheese on the phone. And the cheese says, Hello, Diddy! Do you want to come over? And then, the salami. What? Salami! It should be salami on the phone! And he says, Do I hate baloney? And then he attacks her through the phone! <laughs> As the hours pass, Hef and Philip get on a roll coming up with ideas while Rocco furiously edits the storyboards. But as Rocco recaps what they're coming up with so far, Heifer suggests they get rid of Philbert's character, the cheese, altogether. <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- I love how... Um, like I love how quickly they jump into this persona of they're supposed to be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're so they're so casual and uh they're acting like they've done this for, you know, 15 years, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I just I noticed oh, Pepper was wearing a producer's hat and he's like, "Oh, aren't you Steven Spielberg and you haven't even made one cartoon yet?" <laughs> <laughs> Um, this man, I love this entire, uh, scene here, like them, just the way they're fighting over this stuff, um, and fighting over like their character, uh, it just feels so, um, I don't know, real. Um, also I love Rocco's reaction as he's (laughs) trying, like desperately trying to like get them on track and he's just slowly getting more and more angry. Um, man, it's so funny. (laughs) <laughs> it's brilliant and i really feel like um among the three friends it's just like two opposite extremes and then rocco's the middleman trying to hold everything together yeah. but somehow that dynamic of them going each going you know bonkers in separate directions Huffer and filbert and then rocco being you know the roping them in it's it's a dynamic that works for them and we've seen that in plenty of other episodes where they also fight as you mentioned. yeah yeah <laughs> Man, I'm just cracking up just thinking about like Rocco's, uh, like, like after they've, after they've like, yeah, after they've gone through like hours of work and he's like finally trying to just like speed through it. Yeah. Um, and they're, <laughs> and they stop him again and him just turning around angry. Um, yeah. So funny. 
that yeah. that actually happens in animation school and studios <laughs> to more or less an extent. And I've experienced that firsthand because I actually have a degree in film and animation, specifically oh, cool. 2D animation. Um, I, I know I didn't mention it in the intro, but um, <laughs> I have firsthand experience of making cartoons. And yep, there, there comes a point where you have to meet your deadlines and you have to just push through no matter what revisions are made, even if it's total crap and make the best of it even though you're constantly like trying to think well what about this or what about that maybe it could make the story flow better maybe the characters had better development and it's like you get all these variables just tossed into the mix and you have to do your best to make it work or it all falls apart so it's it's definitely a spot-on portrayal of what it's like to make a cartoon like that yeah there's there's something um wonderful about re-watching this episode especially when when you have the foreknowledge of what it is they're going to turn out Mm, it makes it really makes these conversations even funnier because (laughs) you know what the end product is going to be you know they 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 waste an entire day fleshing this out and it's uh just terrible (laughs) yeah it's it's the method to the madness so to speak yeah yeah i think it adds to the comedy rewatching this Mm, yeah um Sometime later, they reach the next step, drawing lots and lots of little pictures. The three of them get to work at their drawing tables, and after countless exhausting hours, they scan the images one at a time. Uh, I just want to pause here to say I really like watching them, like uh, their progression from like starting out uh, really confident and then hours later, like barely able to hold themselves together. Yeah, yeah. That, that also actually <laughs> happens. <laughs> Sorry, I Hef- won't step on toes, Joey. Go ahead. Oh no, no, I, I just I love Heifer with his uh, mountain of uh, false starts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, I look drawing a cartoon. I mean, watching a cartoon easy. Drawing a cartoon and making thousands and thousands of images to make it look like it's moving for like what ten minutes, eleven minutes. That's hard. Yeah. <laughs> really hard. And you need to make sure you, all your characters are a model. Everything moves the proper arcs. I mean, there's a lot of principles and thought that goes into it. And the the exhaustion that they feel when they they go through all that process, that's very real. That's not just like, oh, we rewrote this into the story to make it look more exaggerated. No, that actually happens. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm no de- to think about it. <laughs> Uh, finally, all they have left to do is edit the film, but soon Heifer and Filbert are at each other's throats again, destroying each other's big scenes. Stupid! Stupid! Is that what you think? The cheese monologue is stupid, Filbert! Long and stupid! Oh yeah? Well, you know the salami chase sequence? You know what I think of that? There! Yeah! Oh yeah! Cheese climax ending. You Another great moment in this episode, like fighting back and forth, destroying the parts of the episode that show each other's characters. Yep. The. Was it the dailies? They take reels of uh, raw footage that they shot and then they just 
you know, casually dump it to spite the other person. Like, oh, we don't need the cheese scene anymore. (laughs) There it goes right on the cutting room floor. (laughs) And, and, you know, that's more fuel for the fire for them to fight. When Ralph gets to the editing room to pick up the final film, things are in total chaos. And the guys hastily taped, slap together what they have. Ralph presents the final pilot to the executives and everyone quietly watches the abstract taped together plotless short. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh boy, what a beautiful day. Hello? I am the cheese. I am the best character on the show. I am better than both the salami and the bologna combined. I I do. I I mean, even though I even though the animation is meant to look pretty crude, it looks pretty cool. I mean, it you know in in a weird way, it's it's uh you know where you can see the tape on the frame. (laughs) Yeah, I I was noticing that with my rewatches too. Like, oh, that's so cool. I never noticed that before. Yeah. Um, and Rocco's voice in particular really makes me laugh, knowing uh, Rocco doing the uh, yep. baloney uh, voice. Oh, what a beautiful And honestly, if the writing was better, I'd watch a show with probably those characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah, I think it would do very well these days with the type of content that's popular, uh, especially on YouTube. Yeah, maybe that just ended up being Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> of uh, deli meats, you got fast food. So. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so after the film, Ra- Ralph happily approaches the executives expecting to be fired, but he's shocked when they announce that they love the show. <laughs> so, what'd you think? We love it! So when we get back, Wacky Deli is a hit, but the news runs a report condemning the show's antics because kids are imitating. Wacky Deli is the kids' new favorite. Ratings off the counter for Wacky Deli. These slices are Hollywood's hot new stars. And now, another O-Town News editorial review. Wacky Deli is degrading garbage. Its confused social morals and disturbing undertones are tormenting the youths of our nation. Kids everywhere are mindlessly imitating Wacky Deli antics in Garberville, California, in Ogallala, Nebraska. For gosh sakes, we've got to stop the carnage. When the executives find out that the show has become a monster, they couldn't be more thrilled. (laughs) I love this moment of them to talking to get to each other uh the executives yeah yeah Yeah, they're just so pleased frank did you see all those kids faces i know do ralph and his boys know they've created a monster here they don't have a clue frank yes will we've got one heck of a hit show here yes (laughs) 
It's like, we've got one heck of a good show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your expressions are priceless there. Just like the sudden outburst, like, oh, this is gold yeah. for us now. We're just milking Smacking their knees. <laughs> Um, unable to believe how popular the show has become and knowing that it's going to keep Ralph from being able to create his masterpiece, he decides that his only option is to sabotage the show. Man, another really great moment of this in this episode is uh, just this close up on Ralph deciding to sabotage the show. And then that like echo when he <laughs> says it. Yeah, <laughs> I have to sabotage the show. <laughs> oh. I'll never be able to create my masterpiece. I must get out of my contract. I must sabotage the show. Is that the scene when he like pops out the still life in his suitcase? That he yeah, somehow yeah. carries with him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's our first look at what he's going to build. Right. Some yeah. foreshadowing. <laughs> Um, so Rocco Huffer and Filbert are editing the latest episode when Ralph comes by to see how it's going. The guys are happy with the episode so far, but Ralph, as the show's genius creator, forces them to include a 10-minute shot of a bucket of mayonnaise. <laughs> what do you think? Mm, it needs something. How about mayonnaise? Uh, mayonnaise? Yeah. What if we hold on a bucket of mayonnaise for an entire 10 minutes? Well, uh, I don't know. Don't you think it stands well enough on its own? Whose show is it? Your show? I'm the genius here. If I want mayonnaise, I get mayonnaise! Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Wacky Dahlia! Wacky Dahlia! <laughs> awesome. Is this is this the most iconic joke from the episode, you think? Man, it might be the most iconic joke of all Nickelodeon. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's up there, I would say. It's so no. iconic. Uh, this might bleed into my trivia, but um, on March 13th, 2013, for like an April Fool's Day joke, uh, the splat actually aired 30 minutes of Mayo, and they just looped like that 10-second clip from the episode with some elevator music to it. And they also offered a sticker for people to download that says, I watched the Mayo. <laughs> yeah, that was such a cool thing, um, especially for at the time that channel is like not that big. You know, yeah. It's like these offshoot Nickelodeon channels that I feel like just don't get that much attention. Right. But so just that in particular felt like whoever was working on programming there at the time was like really trying. Yes. Yeah, they love Marco yeah. too. Yeah, what do you have to lose if you're splat? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I want to go back to this. So you think Mayo, are you saying Mayo is the best joke on 90s I'm Nickelodeon or the most famous? Maybe, maybe the most iconic. Like, Yeah, I'd agree with you there. Just one of those, I don't know, I've, I feel like it transcends the show, sort of. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know if it's number one, but it's definitely, I would say it's definitely in the top 10, like just great iconic Nickelodeon moments. Yeah. Right after Bobcat Goldwaith popping out of the bed as Sandman. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what do you expect under your bed? 
Yeah. One of my favorites. Um, so Ralph is sure that this will be enough to end the show, but the fans love it. Delhi scores again. Powerful Warhovian tribute. Fans go nuts. He's so popular that a pack of ecstatic fans are waiting for him at the gate, <laughs> and they tear him and his car apart. Yeah, well, this is a this is a moment where the one fan has his um, like scalp. There yeah, is, kind of Rabid. Rabid. <laughs> Yeah. Um, in the animation camera room, Rocco Heff and Philip are just finishing the latest episode, and they turn off the lights so it won't get overexposed as they move it from the camera to the canister. When Hef, when Hef drops the film, Ralph overhears them searching for it, and he opens the door while shining an enormous spotlight on the room. <laughs> <laughs> I just love how he has that easy access to a massive spotlight for his yeah. little, you know, spur-of-the-moment plans. This was a, like, perfectly executed joke for me, like, where Ralph overhears them talking about it, so you get an idea of what he's going to do, yep. but that, like, he, you think he's going to open the door, probably. Right. But, <laughs> but then he has that light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Great time. Um, in spite of Ralph's efforts, when the Blacked Out episode airs, it's another hit. <laughs> This time, when Ralph gets to the studio, he pushes his car with a dummy driver up to the gate, and the fans tear it to pieces. Back in O-Town, Ed is running after Bev in a giant hamster wheel when Ralph shows up for advice on how to deal with Rocco. Well, real quick, what what, yeah. what the hell is going on in this scene? I, you know, I feel <laughs> yeah, like I've... I feel like I missed this the like first 10 times I've seen Wacky Deli, but since I was really paying attention this last time for this episode review, yeah. I it like stopped me in my tracks. What is going on in the Big Head's house? At, at first, I thought they're like, oh, we're so overjoyed. We're actually going crazy that his show is a big success. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, wait, why is Ed Bighead running around in a hamster ball? What does that have to do with being happy for you know the show's success or their son? yeah it's it's it seems out of place almost my uh i mean my understanding of it i think always kind of was that it was like some sort of weird sexual thing but (laughs) which is usually the case with the big heads yeah 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 sure it's like most it's partially based on their uh facial expressions too as they're running around um Uh, like i don't think it makes any sense beyond that i think that's just the kind of the similar idea. to the, the tongue lashing the plates yeah 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 um ed guides ralph into a secret lair hidden behind his bookshelf and reveals that he's been working on a heat ray to destroy rocco and his friends forever <laughs> i love that this is just like going on yeah behind the scenes also yeah. matter of fact <laughs> But when Ralph explains that he wants to hurt the studio, not Rocco, he and Ed devise a plan to melt the polar ice caps and send a tidal wave to flood the building. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Heffer gets a flat tire outside the studio, and he inadvertently uses his jack to raise the building up into the air rather than his car. (laughs) When the flood comes, it wipes out every building in town, with the exception of Big Head Studios. This time, Ralph flies his helicopter in, but it gets yanked down by his boating fans. He bursts into the editing room, soaking wet, just as Rocco, Heff, and Philb are finishing watching one of the reels. 
assuming it's the new Wacky Deli episode, Ralph stuffs it in his mouth and <laughs> chews on it. But when Rocco reveals that he's eating a Fatheads episode, he coughs it back up. Can't you see that I hate this show and I've been trying to sabotage it since day one? But you keep messing me up. I want to get out of this business and make real art. Yeah, I love the image of the film just sticking to all of them <laughs> when yeah, he spits yeah. it back out. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Uh, Ralph finally admits that he was trying to sabotage the show, but Rocco gives an impassioned speech, convincing him that he should embrace his situation and make the show the best it can be. I love Ralph's moment here where he's like, yeah, Rocco. Yeah, Rocco. Yeah, yeah Rocco. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then it just, you know, we, we know what happens from there without spoiling anything. Yuppie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've got it all wrong. You've been afforded a great opportunity here. Running your very own animation series, and everybody loves it. It's your art. Instead of fleeing from your situation, you should be embracing it. You should be trying to make this show the best darn show it can possibly be. You should be the best Ralph Bighead you can be. Yeah, Rocco. Yeah, Rocco. Yeah, Rocco! Yeah, Rocco! I'm gonna do it! Uh, spurred on by Rocco's words, Ralph resolves to make the best show the world has ever seen. Sometime later, Ralph's new and improved Wacky Deli premieres. It went, within a few seconds, it's canceled. <laughs> I love that. It, it's, like, it's like, a you know, some kind of take on Fantasia or something, but it's yeah. like six seconds. And, uh, and and the screen just pops up canceled. <laughs> yeah. Too highbrow for the viewers, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Poor poor Ralph. Yeah. As he puts into the studio, his one remaining fan abandons him, and he shouts from his car rooftop that he'll show them. You cretins! You don't know what art is. I'll show you. Ten years later. In the middle of a sweltering desert, Ralph, with a gray beard and tattered clothes, climbs up a cliff and looks out, praying that what he sees isn't another illusion. He cheers, and the camera zooms out to reveal a giant bowl of fruit carved out of the mountaintop. Having finally completed his masterpiece, Ralph falls to his knees and weeps with joy. Oh dear gosh. Let this not be another delirious illusion. Can it be? Can it be that I have finally finished my life's masterwork? Behold! My masterpiece is complete! I'm so happy! Hey, not bad! But have you seen Wacky Deli? The first season, that is, before that new guy ruined it. <laughs> oh. That's the ultimate gut punch to any artist who wants to achieve something that he, he does. It's yeah. so like, perfect. Look, look at this amazing thing that I built that I poured my soul into. And then you're just like, yeah, I guess that's nice. That's like, oh, oh, just yeah. right in the gut. Oh, I feel for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's like the slightest 
the, this guy doesn't even know. He's just kind of like <laughs> ruining the yeah. best, ruining the best moment of Ralph's life. But it's yeah, uh, you know just that slight microaggression, and uh, you know, it you, like you said, it feels just so relatable. Of like, ah, uh, you know, yeah, my life's work, and uh, nobody cares. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I do I do love this desert image, uh, which yeah. ho- hopefully people checked out your artwork, Brett, uh, as you pay homage in a different kind of way, but a cool way. Yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah. think it's a nice reimagining of yeah. uh, what we use here. Yeah, yeah really sure. awesome. Like, uh, it's kind yeah, of fun. Was... Because... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, it's kind of funny because when I first came up with the idea for this week's art. Uh, I was just thinking, what if Wacky Deli was on Mount Rushmore? And then I'd be like, <laughs> probably too hot in the news right now. Let me let me use something from the episode. So that's yeah. what I went with. No, definitely, yeah. it's a it's a cool it's a cool uh, mish mishmash, I guess. Yeah. Uh, of uh, yeah. ideas, um, but I also do just love the imagery in the episode of just him out in the desert, huge beard. You know. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's yeah. it's a it's He's it's back. some cool visual. Totally going full throttle with spoons. (laughs) Uh, You see that pile of spoons that he went through? Yeah. Oh, man. That's even better. He's been toiling away at this, like, with the worst tool. Literally. Yeah. Come up with like at least use a chisel and hammer. (laughs) Um, Well, do you guys want to get into some of the details on this? Sure. Hi, this is Bios Trivia. Ratings and stray observations. Um, well, I took a look at a couple of the actors in this episode. Uh, the first one that I want to talk about, which I'm sure will come up again um, in trivia, is Carol Wyatt. And she's the hand model in this episode in the um, in the live action sequence, which we didn't really talk about. Um, but it but it's a really to the bizarreness. Of, uh, yeah, the episode itself. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool, like weird. I don't know. It just it, it perfectly complements the episode. I think totally. Yeah, with the absurdity. Yeah. Um, but she's uh, a color supervisor on a lot of animated shows, um, including the Real Ghostbusters, the Super Mario Bros. Super Show, SpongeBob, Rick and Morty. And uh, as well as the pilots for Rugrats, Doug, and Harold. Wow, she's got some serious yeah. chops there. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Um, I also took a look at the voice of Ralph Bighead, who is of course Joe Murray. Um, and I think that he did a really awesome job of it. I mean, for not being a voice actor, like, yeah, I just love Ralph's whole. Um, the way Ralph's voice comes across in this episode, like his whole demeanor is great. Yeah. yeah. Ralph, Ralph, even though he's doing something kind of sinister is still very likable. And, and I guess, cause you know what he wants to do is sincere. He's a sympathetic character. Yeah. Um, Joe Murray has also done voices for, uh, his short, my dog zero, the camp Laszlo, uh, another one of his shows frog in a suit. And for some reason, Happy Feet, the video game. That's that random. Pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, very weird. I know um, Joe Murray did some independent films before he got into Rocco. And before he did My Dog Zero, uh, there was a film called, I think, The Chore. 
uh, if I remember it correctly, it's like a, it was supposed to be like an animation pencil test or like just a student exercise. And he ended up winning a couple awards for that in 1988. Um, he's currently working on a, a PBS animated show called uh, Let's Go Luna that started in 2017 and it's still running today. And it's basically about these uh, three animal characters who live like on a traveling circus that goes around the world. And they pretty much go on adventures with the with the moon named Luna, and she has this like little little straw hat with a ribbon on it. And they learn about cultures from different countries. And it's, hmm. I watched the episode today; it's actually quite interesting. Huh. Um, that's cool. For kid animation, yeah. Interesting. Oh, very cool. Um, I did look at one of the additional writers because all of the uh, main writers I, I've talked about before on the show in some form. Um, so an additional writer on part one of Wacky Deli is a guy named uh, Dan uh, Povenmire, and he's a writer, or at least a partial writer, on 22 episodes of Rocco's Modern Life. Uh, he's written on 14 episodes of Rugrats, three episodes of SpongeBob, one episode of Cat Dog, uh, and he's also a co-creator on Phineas and Ferb and Milo's Murphy Law. Um, so he's been around Nickelodeon for quite some time and he seemed kind of just like a you know a hired a trusted hired gun when you needed something yeah. written um yeah so yeah so Ooh, that's a little bit about dan povenmire um i do want to just note uh it looks like there's four people that were writers on this episode yeah there was right? there was four i think pretty much it broke down to like two writers on each seg uh each part mm. And then they had a list of almost like uh, four more additional writers on it. That's just incredible. Yeah. That yeah. it came out this like coherent. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was like a microcosm of what it took to make the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Rocco, Heifer, and Filbert may have actually resembled the process of yeah. writing this episode. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Want to get into trivia? Yeah. Sure. So I just want to note, uh, this is one of Joe Murray's favorite episodes because of how it addresses issues he and the rest of the show's staff were dealing with, as well as his desire to leave the show and Nickelodeon's refusal to let him go. Yeah. Oh. Pretty much based on his life right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this is the fourth full-length episode of Rocco in the series. Hmm. Uh, the other ones being I Have No Son, Rocco's Modern Christmas, and Cruising. Uh, yeah. Um, we talked a, a little bit about the longer episodes last week. I was just kind of praising them, like for um, for these cartoon shows that uh, that normally have half length episodes. Um, yeah, I think they usually don't do that great of a job, but Rocco's are like pretty spot on the half hour ones. Oh yeah, and it doesn't feel sluggish at all. The pacing is just yeah. as a half episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you think about "I Have No Son," "Wacky Deli," "Rocco's Modern Christmas Cruise," and I mean, those are some of people's all-time favorite Rocco's. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. per- it's pretty incredible that their full half hours are just as good. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, um, Andrew, you could confirm whether this is true or not. I saw it, uh, hmm. as trivia online. It said that uh, on the season three DVD of Rocco, Wacky Deli is shortened by ten seconds as they remove oh. the footage of Salami uh, repeatedly whacking Betty Baloney over the head with a telephone receiver. Yeah, is that, that true? Was cut. That's oh. annoying. Yeah. Oh, weird. Um, that you know, I just not to harp on this over and over again, but um, it just drives me crazy the 
that this stuff is edited like not even necessarily because i loved the joke or something but um just because it's like i don't know it just feels weird like cutting this stuff apart and then um it sounds like in nickelodeon's case they might have even destroyed like the footage um, wow it just feels i don't know man if, if it was like a you know everybody's favorite movie that they did this to people would be up in arms but nobody really cares about animation it seems like i mean if you're gonna yeah. cut it if you're gonna cut 10 seconds out of this episode cut M- mr Bighead in the gerbil ball <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah at least what was left out is part of the wacky deli episode itself like the cartoon. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. purpose hmm. strange uh other trivia um, the live-action meatloaf scene was filmed by Murray and production manager Richard Leroy on the patio in Murray's backyard with a wind-up oh. camera to capture the 60s feel of it. That's cool. Yeah, I read that too. It's pretty interesting. And yeah. uh, I, I think they also mentioned in the trivia we researched uh, that there was like flies on it when they couldn't get the camera to work at first. And then, you know, Joe Murray said, leave it, leave it. It's it'll enhance the, the shot when the camera finally did work and caught the footage. So apparently that uh, yeah. was sitting out there longer than they would have liked. To. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I definitely always noticed those flies. And, mm. um, I, you know, I never thought about like how they did it. But I, you know, I guess it was a happy accident. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a couple more things about that uh, um, live action scene. Um, it was supposedly based on a Dole Pineapple promotional video that they watched in the studio but couldn't get the rights to use. Mm. Uh, so they decided to make their own. Um, and reportedly, Murray used the plates in the footage. Uh, as his regular plates at home until they broke finally. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, the yes men at the beginning of the of the episode um, that are kind of like telling uh, Ralph how great that last Fatheads episode is um, directly quote the Rocky Horror Picture Show um, when they say a credit to your genius master, a triumph of your will. It's okay. Yeah, I remember that one. It's like, that's a weird way to critique a uh, cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, and uh, finally, just something that I noticed in this, uh, that uh, when Ed mentions that once he's destroyed Rocco, there will, will be no more baseballs in his front lawn and no more spunky in his salmon bushes. Mm. Um, this is a reference to spitballs, the baseball flying in his front yard. And... Uh. Uh, yeah, I like that callback. Very yeah, and the salmon bushes do come up in a few episodes, but you know, I really I spent like an hour trying to figure out what the first time the salmon bushes show up is, uh, and I just couldn't find it. I mean, I know, it it's got to be in the first season, I think. Isn't it in the episode Keeping Up with the Big Heads, where like Spunky's <sighs> digging in there, Man. and it's like, hey, hey, you get out of my salmon bushes, and then you know. That's what I I thought. I watched that. I'd like re-flipped through that episode like five times, but yeah. unless I have a cut uh, version of it or something, um, I didn't see it in there. That's weird, but that's that's from my memory of watching it. You know, back as a yeah, it seems it seems like it fits. Uh, yeah, yeah. But it's weird because he, Mr. Bighead, in that episode is outside the entire time, 
and the clip of him yelling that the first time, uh, he's inside the house and runs out. But anyway, if, if you guys or anybody listening knows which episode that first one is with the Sam and Bush's uh, reference, um, you know, let us know. <laughs> For sure. Definitely. Do you want to move to Strap Observations? Yeah, yes, let's do it. Right. Did you guys catch how many uh, Fatheads episodes there are total? Uh, I believe it's 893. Yeah. A lot yeah. of episodes. Yeah, I looked it up. Um, the longest running American show, the most episodes, I should say, mm-hmm. was a um, was a soap opera called Guiding Light, which had ran for 20 years and had 15,700 episodes. Holy moly. Yeah. That, um, that beats out Doctor Who? I, oh, yeah, I, th- I would think so. Uh, yeah. The longest, the longest running scripted primetime show for America is The Simpsons with 684. Right. So, uh, wacky, or, I'm sorry, uh, Fatheads still Fat has, has The Simpsons longer. beat, which is funny because yeah. that would mean that would mean what uh, Ralph has been doing it for 30 years. <laughs> not 30 years. No, definitely. Not. Uh, I, I noticed that the. The studio name, Big Head Studios, um, not only is like the initials BS as like a wink and a nod, hmm. um, but there's also a water tower in the background of the studio, and that's allusion to Warner Brothers. So the oh, two yeah. letter sense, um, especially since they had cartoons like Freakazoid, Animaniacs, and Tiny Teen Adventures popular during the 90s around the same time. Yeah. yeah. Tiny, tiny 90s kids, that's the Animaniacs Tower. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, did you guys catch the reference to I Have No Son in the title card for the episode? Oh, yeah. Was it the donut? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there was a broken donut. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's great. That's a nice way to chain it together because yeah. this is kind of like a sequel, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely. Um, this is a dumb one, but did you guys notice what um, type of plant the big heads have in their uh, entryway to their house? No, uh, no. <laughs> it's a Venus flytrap. Oh, interesting. Uh. How many steps, according to Ralph Bighead's uh, animation guidebook for Rocco and Pals, does it apparently take to make a cartoon? Uh, Seven thousand two hundred ninety-one. Yes, <laughs> that is a lot of steps. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them abbreviated, as mentioned. So, draw uh. lots and lots of little pictures. <laughs> Pray to God you don't die in between. What was uh, the budget Ralph gave them for Wacky Deli? $20. $20. Yeah, 20 bucks. <laughs> Can't do much of that. Yeah. Except yeah. buy taxes. <laughs> um, I noticed uh, that on Filbert's cheese drawing, he has a... He's signed it in the corner. Did you notice yeah. how he signs it? Uh, Phil? All, yeah, Philb in yeah. all caps. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's like a nice reference to uh, when he's referred to Philb in the Longsinger episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also just want to notice related, or mention related to this, uh, when Heifer, after he erases the picture, he re-signs Philb's uh, signature in his own handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Oh, oh, did you catch um, what was written 
uh, sorry, uh, what's the name of the newspaper that reports all the headlines in the episode? That'd be the Hollywood Poot. Yes, it is. <laughs> that was a pretty amusing name. Yeah. Like one of those rags you buy at a newsstand. Yeah. Uh, when they're in the writer's room, Filbert asks Heifer if he's seen a certain movie. Robofrog 5. Yeah. Sounds, yeah. sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I think they actually alluded to Robofrog and maybe the popcorn pandemonium one. I, I actually remember a visual of the Robofrog. Yeah. It's definitely mentioned in another episode. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. you know, I want to say yeah, I want to say it's in um, uniform behavior at the start when Heifer's oh. watching TV. Yeah. yeah it definitely was on right. TV with like star burst light behind it. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. I think Heffert kind of imagines himself in the role of the Robo Frog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Clever Easter egg. Yeah. Um, when, like, uh, at the beginning of the second part, when the announcer is kind of like saying how great Wacky Deli's doing, um, he says that the ratings for the show are this. Through the. It's a take on that. I don't know. Uh, off the counter. Oh yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> uh, what do the fans take uh, away from Ralph's car when he sends in the dummy car? There's three items. Well, one of them's his head. Yep. <laughs> uh, maybe like his muffler. Yep. Two for two. Man, um, I just don't know the last one. The third one is, is his arm. Ah, nice. <laughs> I just always thought how bizarre that looked like. Why would a fan yeah. want his actual head? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it's in their living room? I don't know. Um, when the newscaster says that uh, Wacky Deli is a danger to kids, they specifically mention two cities uh, where kids are being uh, doing dangerous things. Did you catch the two cities? No. Yeah. Right over my head. <laughs> uh, Garberville, California. Yep. And Ogallala, Nebraska. There you go. <laughs> I always thought the Nebraska one was weird. The kid with like the holes all through. Yeah. His head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, again, that didn't get uh, the uh, salami hitting the bologna got cut, but not a kid putting holes in his head. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, the mayo shot is described by the Hollywood poot as this. Warholian. Yes. <laughs> a, even more specifically, a powerful Warholian tribute. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Better than you can. Do you get? Do you guys like Andy Warhol? Um. Well, I'm not too familiar with his work, but I guess he's all right. Do Do you mean him more like his body of work or him as a person? Oh yeah, yeah, his body of work. <laughs> yeah. Um. I can't really comment on that. I only know the soup cans. So, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, uh, do you like I Warhol? Was really, I was always pretty fascinated. Um, I did a report in one of our last years of high school, uh, but um, and I still like it. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know. I have like a difficult relationship. I feel like with it. Cause I, on the one hand, I do really like things about it. On the other hand, I feel like I don't necessarily like the um uh, like cranked out the process of cranking it out you know yeah yeah 
Yeah, I, I, got, I went to the Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh, um, and you know, I, ju- ju- like you said, kind of the oh, mass-produced. I did go to that too. Oh, cool. Sorry. Yeah, uh, the mass-produced stuff. I, I'm just yeah. like, I, I just can't really get into it. But he does, yeah. he does have kind of like a bunch of um, more like structural or like you have to walk into a room to experience yeah. it. Um, projects based, project based stuff, and it's uh, I like that stuff a lot more. But I don't think it's what people necessarily associate with him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, quick, quick tangent. Do you think the the guy who bought G.I. Jimbo in the episode Junk Junkies was based <laughs> off of him? Because I always wondered that based mm. on his reaction. Quite possibly. I mean, I guess I took him as a um, just like a general art uh, snob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I, it, it could be, but yeah, I always thought it was just kind of like a artsy fartsy yeah. thing. <laughs> Do you remember what the the signs that fans were holding up were saying uh, when Ralph was going to the studio? They they pretty much just say the same uh, same thing each time, but there's like three different uh, um, cards. I caught more mayo, go deli, <laughs> woo. Is there more than that? No, those are the ones I was looking okay. For. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I thought the more male one was comical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the final sequence, uh, it swoops over the desert landscape uh, where we see uh, some skeletons, and there's a sign. Did you guys catch what the sign said? It says, Devil's Sweat Gland, Population 2. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, I had to look through that a couple of times because it's like a blink and you miss it moment before it spontaneously yeah. busts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, after the first Wacky Deli episode, Hollywood is renamed this. Deli? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the Did you catch the uh, headlines on the Hollywood poot for the overexposed episode? 10 minutes of black genius. Yep. Cool. <laughs> You're on fire. There was, a, there was a secondary uh, headline that said "Wacky Deli hits it again with overexposed episode." Yeah. Um. Did you Did you catch the headline for the, when the show was canceled? No. Wacky Deli ruined. It's canceled, folks. People hate it. <laughs> People. Hate I, it. I do remember that Ralph is like smiling in the in the secondary headline. I'm like, well, I guess that worked out for him in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I also just wanted to mention the. I really love the line when Ralph freaks out that nobody likes the show anymore. Yeah, he's he like, says, "You create You don't know what art is. I'll yeah. show you." <laughs> yes. I, I feel the rage so much from yeah. an artist perspective. <laughs> Um, well, uh, ratings, uh, for Wacky Deli on IMDb, it has an 8.5 out of 10, uh, on TV.com, it has a 9.8 out of 10. Um, so out of five Krebs stars, what are you giving Wacky Deli? Uh, I give it a five out of five. Um, this is a kind of transcendent of Nickelodeon shows, uh, episode to me. It's like, just it's perfectly written paced 
just everything about it i love um i love like the abstractness of uh the wacky deli episode itself um and i really appreciate like the way this episode is structured because um like it's almost has like uh clips it's almost like two segments of clips but it just somehow like somehow they just manage to progress the story at the same time it's just i just think this is like a masterful episode cracks me up still um and of course it's uh just i think like this is probably applicable to pretty much anybody working on uh, some sort of artistic project uh especially like with other people at any time it's like it just feels really uh authentic to that yeah i mean you hit the nail on the head with everything it's 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 what i keep saying legendary but it's <laughs> one of the rock yeah. episodes you'll always remember because of how ridiculous yet well crafted you know, in that ridiculousness and it's, it's gone beyond just being a cartoon on uh, Nickelodeon. It's like found popularity among like meme culture and also, um, you know, just finding little, little bits of trivia beyond that. So I, I would give it a five as well for that reason. Yeah, it's very nice. relatable in the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like I should cue some kind of, uh, I guess I'll do an air horn uh, because, because uh, this is our first episode in a long time where it's going to be straight fives. Um, it's actually yeah. a very rare occasion uh, on this show. The last time it happened was when we talked about the night crawlers. Um, there's dead. That was a while ago. Yeah. Last year. Um, dead man's float is fives field of Pete. Um, Zeke, the plumber. And what we did on our summer vacation. So this is an uh, ra- uh, rarefied air. I'm also giving <laughs> Wacky Deli uh, a five, as I think it's um, there is no flaw to it. It's very funny. It's just as funny now as it was in the '90s. Um, yeah. It's a great peek at what you know. You know, it's dumb, but it's a, it's a fun peek at what the <laughs> studio uh, machine is like. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly a commentary on what Americans find. Uh, to be art um, versus the artist. Um, right. So uh, I think it's an episode that took me a while to come to. I think if you asked me when I was a kid, I probably wouldn't have said it was my favorite Rocco or it, even you know close to, but I think uh, this time has shed light that this is, I think, a perfect Rocco. So it's a, yeah. it's a great yeah. one. Perfect yeah. like cheese. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys want to name the episode? Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, I called this one Ralph's Masterpiece. Oh. Very appropriate. And elegant like his masterpiece. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you won't believe this, but I wrote... 18 different episode <laughs> titles for this trying wow. to think of the perfect one and literally three minutes before we started recording i decided on this one because it captures the raw emotion that i have connected to both ralph and the episode itself i call this one rage against the deli meats <laughs> yeah that's good yeah that's good uh, <laughs> yeah rage against the deli meats that is good thanks um 
Well, uh, mine's kind of close to Andrew's. I just called this Mayo Masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I, yeah, it's hard to hard to beat the alliteration. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But may I like we said? I think Mayo is the thing that uh, I associate yeah. most with the episode, and uh, yeah, just easy alliteration. Um, go around one more time. Uh, Ralph's masterpiece: Rage Against the Deli Meats. And Mayo Masterpiece. Uh, we'll post those. Uh, we've started posting those on um, Instagram rather than Twitter as, uh, you know, I think there's a little more uh, interaction there. So if you're on uh, Instagram, you can look for those. We'll post those and you can vote. Um, and I think that rounds out Wacky Deli. Really, really nice to talk about it. Yeah. 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 Um, just a really, I mean, we said it, but uh, it's just a masterpiece of, I, I, I really think it's like one of the best animated uh, shorts, I guess I'll call it um, mm. just ever. Um, and I, I think sometimes like some of this stuff gets overlooked um, in the, I don't know, like in terms of uh, people uh, giving credit to uh, animation for like its artistic merits. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of these shows don't get, thought about it all kind of um but this is really an incredible piece of animation all around yeah can't be well said enough um you know when you're able to transcend the the art form itself to have a deeper meaning and have lasting staying power uh that's a true testament to the art of the craft and being able to uh, express yourself through the medium and uh joe marine crew did that in spades flying colors whatever you want to call it to celebrate it sure yeah nice um well uh we are way behind on listener letters so i figure i'd just share one here you guys want to hear from our buddy ethan sure cool um well he wrote to us in regards to our favorite summer episodes um and so he says hey guys haven't written in for a while but still listen every week just thought i'd share my thoughts on my favorite summer episodes It's hard not to solely pick episodes from the summer-heavy Salute Your Shorts, which also happens to be my favorite Nick show. After all, I was the one who first recommended Michael vs. Pinsky to you guys. Uh, But the two you selected are great representations. Um, Capture the Flag might be my favorite episode from Season 2. Any episode where we can root for Donkey Lips is a classic, and the ending always gives me goosebumps. I always related to him here. I had a similar experience in high school playing Capture the Flag. I was a freshman and we were playing with a sophomore PE class who relegated the dweeby freshmen to minuscule roles in the game. But my best friend and I weren't going to listen. Instead, we came up with a clever plan, broke away from our assigned positions, and ended up capturing the flag and winning the game for our team. It was amazing. Everybody was cheering for us and we definitely earned their respect from that day forward sure it's corny in hindsight but that's not so different from how overly serious ugg and the campers take the game in this episode reminiscent of how we too perceive the importance of these basically meaningless kid games as for the cursed skull while it may not be my favorite salute your shorts it's one that exudes the essence of camp better than almost any other However, my personal favorite Salute Your Shorts summer episode is Michael Comes to Camp. 
It's it, it's a perfect pilot episode that does a great job building this world of summer camp and framing the point of the series that camp can be simultaneously wretched and life-changing at the same time. As for non-salute your short summer episodes, my favorite is undoubtedly what we did on our summer vacation from Pete and Pete. In fact, this episode was the subject of the first email I ever wrote you guys back in 2017. In it, I said, I actually wrote a letter to Stick Stickly when I was a kid requesting to watch what we did on our summer vacation. I remember seeing it once and loving it, but being so frustrated that it never came on again. To this day, I haven't rewatched the episode. Perhaps in fear it would ruin the mystique behind the history with it. Was it really that fantastic, or have I been overrating it in my head? You guys wrote back and recommended I watch it again, and I'm sure glad I did. Now it's one of my favorite episodes of any show ever. It perfectly captures the magic and nostalgia of summertime, especially as we saw it as kids. And an enigma that, as we've grown older, we still can't quite explain. But as Big Pete says, I guess some things are supposed to stay a mystery. When it comes to people missing you, it's really not that terrible at all. I hope you both are having I hope you both are having a terrific summer. Your friend Ethan. Wow. Thanks, Ethan. Well, yeah, really nice. I think um, I think everybody should end an email with a Big Pete quote. Yeah. It really um, add, it adds a weightiness. Yeah. yeah. Uh I just want to say I I uh am right there with you Ethan on the like I do that with things where I am reluctant to like go back and visit them because I feel like maybe what was so good about it was just the time that I saw it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so I I really <laughs> can empathize with that. Yeah. There's something magical about the mystery that Sometimes, yeah. you know, it makes you want to not mess with that. Yeah. Memories. Um, but those are all great picks for uh, summer episodes, especially the Sleep Shorts ones. And hopefully you guys get to do uh, more of those uh, later in the podcast run. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, well, uh, Andrew, what are we doing next? Um, next time we're talking maybe a little bit of a surprise episode. Um <laughs> Are you afraid of the dark? The tale of Badge. Oh, jeez. I I I, I listen to your podcast every Sunday as soon as the episode drops, and I'm like waiting for Andrew to reveal the next episode. And it's just like, oh, shoot, I don't have time in in my schedule. They're doing an episode I love. I guess I'm going to cry. But you don't, do you love Badge? I like the way he looks. I like his swampy lair. Not so much the rest of it, but it's still. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, this is this is you know it's not. It, last week we said you know we should probably focus on episodes that are like top tier, and I, so now it's kind of funny that we're doing badge. Um, but we do we have a we have a listener uh, who's from England, and she's been with us a long time. Um, and she said she's always really wanted to talk. Are you afraid of the dark? Um, and so this was uh, her pick, not because I think she loves it, but because I think uh, it will be fun to dissect. Um, oh, that's <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe in the vein of more in the vein of like uh, uh, the tale of Jake the Snake or uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, it, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. 
So, uh, that, yeah, Badge will be next week. That should be fun. Um, in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Twitter at uh, BOC Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. You can email us like Ethan did at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can hear us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people find us. Shout out to our newest reviewer, uh, reviewer Typhoid Johnny. Uh, very nice uh, five-star reviewer. He says, look no further. And uh, that's right. If you like 90s Nickelodeon, uh, that's that's it. Don't look any further. Um, and uh, I, I do want to shout out, um, there's a new Nick box coming out. Fall uh, fall Nick boxes are always my favorite. Um, they always got something good. Are you afraid of the dark in there? And this year is space themed. Um, so for people who are looking for kind of cool Nick gear, uh, there's links on our Instagram and Twitter where you could order your own box. Uh, so look out for that. Um, yeah. But Brett, cool. Brett, thanks for joining us again. This is uh, I think your third appearance in like a couple months. So. Uh, yeah, been, why don't you just make me a regular character and I'll keep showing up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you'll, you'll you'll definitely be back, but you know we love to diversify. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm always thankful whenever you have me on. Uh, whenever I get to do art for you guys, because I do feel like I'm part of the BOC family ever since I uh, met you guys a few years back. So thank you once again for uh, letting me talk about an episode very near and dear to my heart. No problem. Yeah, Thank you. Sure, man. Sure. We're glad to have you. Um, we'll see you next episode, hosers. <laughs> <laughs>
Should that be our new uh, ending instead of Wart Radio? <laughs> <laughs> Why?